Welcome to our brand new podcast, Cut the Rubbish, which is being brought to you by Team Limer Cleanup. Team Limerick Cleanup is Ireland's largest one-day cleanup event which takes place every Good Friday in Limerick City and County. More information can be found at teamlimerickcleanup.ie. In this series, I will be exploring ways in which we can all cut the rubbish and take small steps in our everyday lives to improve our environment. In this episode, we discuss how fast fashion affects the environment. We learn more about cost per wear and how you can make the most of your wardrobe. Join me, Megan Scully, for episode four of Cut the Rubbish. I'm delighted now to be joined by slow fashion designer, a fashion teacher and one of my best friends. It's Sharon Sweeney. How are you getting on? Great, great. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, I'm delighted to have you here because we've so much to get through in terms of slow fashion, fast fashion and I guess sustainability. And I know it's an area that is obviously very close to your heart and, you know, mine as well, like my mother's charity shop. So it's something that I've just always been about. But to kick things off, what exactly is slow fashion? Great question. So slow fashion is basically what it says. It's a slow, thoughtful process with the fashion industry. It's like taking into consideration the environment, the people and animals and every kind of process that goes into fashion. So it's like med locally, it's med with good fabrics that are non-synthetic. And it's basically thinking about how you are impacting the environment. Okay, so then I'm guessing fast fashion is... The opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So fast fashion, basically, like, you know, the way you see the catwalk, there's spring, summer, autumn, winter, like they basically replicate the trends and then like pelt them out as quickly as possible. So obviously for them having to do that, like everything's produced so quickly Mm -hmm. and produced with fabrics that are not good for the environment. And then obviously a lot of people who produce the clothes aren't treated very well because they obviously need to get them out so quick. Um, So it's hugely negative for the environment and for kind of everything in general, it's really not beneficial in the fashion industry. I suppose in terms as well of like health and safety, we hear about these places, these factories where these mm. fast fashion clothing items are made. Like, uh, like we've both done uh, research on it and uh, yeah. it's actually quite appalling what people are going through. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the conditions they're working in, the pay they're getting, the yeah. treatment of the people and the like everything. It's, it's actually, I often think if you were to see the person who made the outfit that you bought from an online fast fashion brand, you'd probably, well, I'd hope that you'd probably never buy it or buy often again. No, and that's the thing. I think like anytime you're in a store, no matter where it is, you have to think that everything goes through human hands. Like there is someone behind everything that you buy or that's put together. And you just kind of have to think, I suppose, when you're supporting something that's locally or ethically made, you know, the people behind the clothing are actually paid fairly. They really care about what they're making, you know, whereas if you buy something that's really cheaply made, like someone is suffering, you know, on the other side of that, they're not being treated fairly and they're not obviously working in good conditions either. So I suppose it's just that element of knowing that, you know, whenever you buy something cheap, you know, it's someone somewhere is paying. Absolutely. Now, we're going yeah. to talk about the environmental impact in a little while. But one thing I wanted yeah. to talk to you about in terms of slow fashion, because I, I guess what comes up for a lot of people is the price point. But if you could explain to us in terms of slow fashion, like let's say your the process that for you yourself as a fashion designer f- to make a coat, we'll say, for example, like tell us about the process that goes into handmaking a, a piece of sustainable made fashion. 
Um, a lot. <laughs> um, basically, so obviously you come up with the design, you might come up with inspiration for, you know, what you want to create. And then that can come from any element of your life or traveling or, you know, whatever else. You might just see something and be inspired by it. But um, then you would get into design on it. You would look up source fabrics. Obviously, like I would trace where everything's coming from. You design your piece. I also pattern draft. So that's where you basically design the pattern for your piece. You know, it goes to be cut and then to be made and then to be graded. So there's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot yeah. of work. It's not like, um, you know, it's different, I suppose, when things are mass produced. There are There is machinery and stuff that, you know, goes into it. Like you can send it to factories. But if you're a smaller business, like I am very much so a lot of the time it's one person or yeah. you know you might have people that help like you know you might have a seamstress that does stuff for you but um, it wouldn't be on the scale of you know like massive factory production and then I suppose it's um, it is more sustainable then because it is made sustainably like you talked about materials there so mm. is it hard to source like materials locally or do you know like is it hard to source Irish materials in Ireland no, it's, you know what? No, like there are places that you can go to. And the thing is, it's obviously expensive because it's not like, I suppose, decades ago where we had so much manufacturing in Ireland and so many places locally, I suppose, and everyone kind of worked in these places too. So I think because obviously as the country has grown and become more economically wealthy, all of this stuff has been outsourced. And it means now that the few places that are left, obviously, the cost for producing here is higher. So then for me to buy, let's say, wool from Kerry Woolen Mills or, you know, I have got stuff from John England in Northern Ireland, like the price point is a lot higher. And then that's mm-hmm. reflected in the cost of your piece. So yeah. it's just, I suppose, when people say, oh, but it's so expensive to buy locally. But it is because there's so much work that goes into doing that here you know yeah no that, that's actually yeah. really interesting and um, something I want to talk to you about and I guess it'll all tie into that is the cost per wear metric yeah. um, I guess I never really kind of knew what it was until very recently so if you could explain to us what exactly is cost per wear metric so basically it's like the let's say you buy something and it's the cost of it divided by the amount of times that you wear it so basically how much you know where you're getting for how much you pay so let's say if you buy something that is on the high street for I don't know, I suppose cheap enough, like 30 euro, but mm. let's say we're three times and it falls apart. Yeah. That's working out at a tenner per wear. Whereas if you buy a designer piece for like, let's say, I don't know, 800 euro or 1,000 euro, but you have it for 20 years. And in that 20 years, you wear it like, I don't know, let's say a few hundred times. Yeah. You know, actually over time, it's working out better for you. And I think it's that frame of thinking that is kind of missing, I suppose, amongst people and maybe if that was the way that people thought about things yeah you know we might not have such a problem because people always say oh how do you think that we can fix this problem of fast fashion and like really the thing is people aren't going to stop producing this way unless I don't know some legislation is brought in which I don't really see happening anytime soon it's more so like people's attitude to how they wear their clothes or how they invest like I often I was talking at an event before where I said you know, like let's say the average person spends 200 euro a month on clothes. I don't know. That's just maybe what I'm thinking if people drop into Zara, you know, after work on a Thursday or whatever. But like, you know, that adds up to like two and a half grand a year, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people maybe spend on clothes. But if you decided every year, you know what, I'm going to buy five new pieces with that cost and then you have them for like 10 or 20 years, like it actually works out better for you and your wardrobe and your mental health really when you think about it you know and then I suppose if you buy something good the whole point of it is that you could potentially 
like hand it on to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wear my granny's clothes and my mom's clothes and it's great and they're great too. condition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but that's it. They're such good condition because they're made well. Do you know, like I do think now the way things are being done, like every corner that can be cut is cut because yeah. obviously it's money, time is money, you know. So yeah, like anytime you get something in a charity shop, it is usually well made, especially if it's from the 80s. Or, oh, I love doing yeah. it in a charity shop. Um, now, I want to talk about the environmental yeah. impact of fashion because this is something that maybe people aren't as aware of. But like, I think, am I right in saying like clothing, textile waste is like one of the biggest consumers to waste in the world? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest. I think it's releases 10% of all carbon, global carbon emissions, and then has the second highest water usage. So obviously there's like a massive amount of water needed for clothing production. Then there's like, energetically, it's so bad, then all the waste going to landfill. And then because, back to our point about stuff being made in, I suppose, sweatshops, the fabrics that are being used are usually um, synthetic. So Mm -hmm. they're not like natural fibre because... They're obviously cheaper to produce and as well, they're kind of easier to mold, if you get me, because usually with natural fibre stuff, it kind of creases and, you know. But anyway, sorry, back to the point is though with the synthetic clothes, there is plastic usually in them, like a huge amount of plastic. And obviously when people buy these clothes, you're going to wash them. Their plastic like comes out as microplastics in the wash. Then they end up in our like oceans, um, obviously causing like, massive pollution in the oceans and then like all the marine life is ingesting the microplastics and then like we're eating fish fish and now we all have microplastics in our bodies and the thing is this is only in like synthetic clothing was only started to be produced in the 50s so like okay. we've done all of this in a few decades so like you cannot like we don't know the health effects of like what we're ingesting or you know so it's mad like it's yeah that's scary mad. so for example um, the synthetic which like materials is it that has plastics in them? Like what are the ones that are the bad, the bad ones will say for the environment? The bad ones. Um, so they're like um, polyester. Which rayon. is in pretty much everything. Oh yeah, everything. And the thing is as well, sometimes you have to be careful because people will be like, oh, this is a nice wool jumper or, you know, but always look at the label because they can market it as wool, but like, like might only be 40 or 50%. Um, so yep. yeah, you kind of just have to check everything. And, yeah. You know, yeah. But, like I did no sex. I um I do check the what's in clothes and it's, it's interesting because even if you buy online, you can actually click on the materials and you'll see, as you said, it'll say wool jumper, but it might be like oh, yeah, 85% mixed. polyester. Mixed, yeah. And again, I don't know what regulations are around that or if they will be, you know, tighter in future, I hope. But like, yeah, it's just like people think they're being good and they try to be, but that doesn't mean you are. You have to, like, you do have to do your research. And So if I'm there it. at home and I'm putting all my plastics into the recycling bin, I um, bring my reusable coffee cup, I'm bringing my reusable water bottle, but then I'm wearing plastic. Yeah. <laughs> my God. And then as well, we had talked about this earlier, you and I actually, and it's a good point too, is like, I know we had discussed even baby's clothes and yeah. stuff like that, you know, and it's just, especially when they're at such a vulnerable age, it's it's good to look into as well what's in their clothes too. Actually, I never even thought of that because, yeah. you know, I think we all would buy, when someone has a baby, like, you know, yeah. our friends are having babies, you'll always go to buy them a piece of clothing and I never, never even thought of that. So, mm. uh, like, so what are the natural materials then? Are the, the kind of... The, so it would be like cotton. 100% um, cotton. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, linen, wool. Do you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, What's that one? It sounds like a Christmas decoration, but it's not Christmas decoration. Tencel. Tencel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's good as well, do you know. And they're all recycled fabrics and they're biodegradable. So it's just, yeah, if as do as much research as you can. But there are like places that manufacture 
this clothing and they are really transparent about their supply chain. So you can see literally every process of how they like manufactured the fabric and just how traceable everything is and like how, you know, they're quite open and they're saying, yeah, like we're not 100% where we want to be, but we're trying. And I think that's important. Um, I suppose now on to like, we'll say vintage and um, secondhand thrifting, that's become really popular in recent years. And as I mentioned, my mother's a charity shop and it's my favourite thing to do is just yeah. go in rooting. You've been there with me. Like it's it's just the most fun. We have. <laughs> like I, I actually visit towns now and villages around Ireland or actually even abroad. And what I'll go for is charity shops. I'm like, yeah. right, where's your charity shop? get me in there um, mm. but I think you know it's some people maybe always kind of feel like they need to be wearing new or maybe kind of are a bit like thinking that vintage or secondhand shops aren't maybe kind of trendy and cool but like how do we change the mindset to get people to give it a go well you know what I, I have to say like I definitely noticed recently at charity shops like everyone everyone is going to the charity shops uh, so much so that we actually discussed this as well so much so that loads of stuff that's showing up in charity shops are actually from Zara. Mm. And so I think it is a thing and um, people are getting better. But I suppose maybe a few years ago, there would have been maybe stigma attached to getting something secondhand or, you know, like wanting something new. But it's just thinking that like, you know, we are like mad into charity shopping and some of the stuff that we have found there has been so incredible yeah. like worth hundreds and hundreds of euro and we got it for five got a brand new pair of LK Bennett heels for 12.50 in a charity shop yeah and like remember yeah you just got them yesterday yeah <laughs> and then like I got um, an Irish to your mom actually found a jacket for me last year was it a really tailored one from an Irish designer I can't remember the name right now but I, I looked her up and I actually couldn't find who she was but like it was meant to perfection it's kind of like, you know, I always talk about it's like the greatest showman kind of jacket, yeah. you know, but it's like really well made and so nice and so unique. And I've never seen anyone with one like it. So it, I think as well, why I would encourage people to go to the charity shop too is because, you know, you're going to find pieces that nobody else has. Like they have their own story. You're going to be unique. And I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to have their their own thing that no one else has. Yeah, no, definitely it is. It's oh, it's so much fun. And um, what made you want to go down that kind of sustainable fashion, kind of vintage route yourself? Um, well, obviously, I'm a designer. I love design, and it just <laughs> comes naturally to me. But I actually did a degree in environmental science beforehand, <laughs> so it's random. But you know, like, so obviously, I really care about the environment, and I've learned loads about it. And even growing up, I was always like really outdoorsy. And I think when I seen. And it was really weird because it was around the time I started designing. I just, all the stuff started coming out about how bad hmm. fashion was for the environment. And then I was like, oh my gosh, well, like, I can't really contribute to that. Do you know what I mean? And especially as a designer, like it's hard enough as it is. But I just think that if you have your own kind of like moral stance on it and you want to just create, you know, minimally and not feed into the the beast that is producing and, you know, making stuff just for the sake of it and not actually thinking about, you know, the longevity of the item or who it's going to or your customer or building relationships with people because for me that's what's important. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that's why I wanted to get into it. <laughs> and as well, um, you do a lot of upcycling. So yes. tell us about some of the items that you've upcycled. So um, I obviously design my own pieces and I do kind of drops um, here and there but I also um, upcycle pieces. So it kind of started when I was studying actually and I... I always tell this story because it's so funny. But um, I was um, with an ex-boyfriend at the time, but he had loads of shirts, work mm-hmm. shirts that, you know, were thrown to the corner. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'll um, I'll use them and I'll turn them into something else. So obviously I cut all his shirts up, 
this is why we were together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were still together. But um, and then I made a new piece and I kind of like added like a pleated see-through panel and then like a big collar and it was beautiful. And then I was like, this is really fun. And then it moved on from there. Like my friend Mark that, you know, he had a gorgeous tweed suit that he mm. got in the UK, spent hundreds. He was like, I'm going to send it to the charity shop. And I was like, no, absolutely not. So I took it. I turned it into an outfit for myself, like a little cropped waistcoat and trousers. And then it just kind of snowballed. And now I've started my own course. Uh, yeah. So uh, before it gets course, tell tell us about the outfit you wore to Vegas to that time we went over for my birthday, the white oh, places. Yeah. So we went, uh, Megan had a 30th week or month. Was it a month? Um, <laughs> and we, were, we all actually went to Vegas and I had a bed sheet and I knew we were going to a nice place one of the nights. I, I, okay. It didn't look like a bed sheet when I wore it to the club. <laughs> I promise I turned it into something decent. But uh, um, and yeah, I just turned it into a jumpsuit. So it's kind of been slowly evolving, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. no, that was such a cool piece. And yeah. we couldn't believe it when she came in with this lovely white, really like <gasps> tailored, structured play suit. And you were like, yeah, it was a bed sheet. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, what? So like, as I said, to me, that is mind blowing how you can turn yeah. a sheet into a, a play suit that's actually really structured and, yeah. you know, properly put together. And you mentioned your upcycling course. So what exactly does that involve? Like, is it... Like what What do people learn and how do they get involved? So basically it is, I started, well, I kind of do, I rotate. So sometimes I do like an intense weekend or else I'll do like a four week course. I'm actually thinking of extending it because a few of the students have asked. But um, basically anyone can come, any level. And it's very intimate. So usually it's like eight people, max maybe nine. And the whole idea behind it is that like people have so much in their wardrobes that they're mm. not using and that they can definitely give a new life to or even, you know, some people might want to come because they might want to just learn how to use the machine or turn up their like trousers or, you know, take sleeves off jackets. So when people come, it's like it's very intimate. It's it's kind of one on one. So I go around to everyone. I just make sure that I kind of run through things with them because I think when, I, when people meet me and they're like, oh, my God, you sew or whatever, I'd never be able to do it. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you be able to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a few decades ago, everyone knew how to use a sewing machine. And like, it's like a, like it's a dying out thing. Like no one does it anymore. And it's just making people feel comfortable with that first, going through everything. And then actually what I started doing, because I did find that people were maybe finding it a little bit daunting, is everyone initially, if they want, because I'm not pushy, if, <laughs> if they want, they can make a scrunchie. And then I find once they have the scrunchie made, they're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. And then they bring, so we run through what they bring. So some people, like recently I had a guy and he brought like this Carhartt boiler suit that he got in Canada and it was really cool. And he's like, I really want to wear it again, but like, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's very worn looking. So we separated into two and he turned it into a jacket and trousers. Oh. Yeah. And then I had another woman, she had a gorgeous vintage kind of suit jacket. And then she had fur from like years ago. And then she added the fur to the pockets and then around the collar. So she turned it into a different jacket. I had another girl before that literally just wanted to learn to turn up hems and stuff, you know, and she was happy with that. So it's very flowy and it's not like this strict, like you must learn this or, you know, it's not, there's no pressure. And I think people really enjoy that because they get to learn, they get to go at their own pace and there's no, you know, and then yeah. at the end they feel like, you know, they've learned how to use machine. They're confident. They can go home now, go into a charity shop and they can alter stuff themselves. Do you know what? It's so funny because like, as you mentioned there, like I remember being in secondary school and having a sewing machine that we all use and we were like, like able to do all that stuff whereas now I was at a wedding recently and the 
button came off my trousers. So I went to the straight to the reception because I was like, they always have those little kits. I was like, you got a sewing kit? She's like, yeah. And I was like, I can do this. Went up to the room, made an absolute hames of the button and went back down. And then I was there and the bride asked me, could I help take off her shoes? Because I was in suit pants, I was like, sure, I'll be able to, like, I'll go down on, you know, next I went down, oh pop, off goes the button. So I was like, well, that's the end of that. So I think I need to book in with you because I can't even sew a button onto a pair of trousers. Yeah. Um, I guess when it comes to slow fashion, fast fashion, um, I think, you know, like celebrities are quite influential. Love them or hate them. They are the ones who I think kind of lead trends. And I know sometimes this can be, when I say this, sometimes people go, oh God, and they roll their eyes. But there's so many of us here, even in Ireland, and I see there's some incredible influencers that really do push sustainability and vintage shopping and they're doing an incredible job. But on a bigger scale, we need people to get behind it. It's unfortunate, like really, like when people like that have the platform, you'd only hope that they would use it in that sense to encourage people. But I will say one thing is I do notice that like, and we had talked about this before as well, that like people, famous people like Kate Middleton and stuff, she's really wearing a lot of her mm. old stuff. And, you know, you'd mentioned a few celebrities before that are, you know, taking things out again or, you know, kids that are maybe wearing their mother's clothes like Angelina Jolie's kids. And, you know, so I do think it definitely is something that is done more so now than it would have been, a, you know, a few years ago. So I suppose that's a positive a positive, you know, move in the right direction. I think though, yeah, yeah. The celebrities need to kind of, as you like, that they need to kind of rewear stuff. And as you mentioned, those like famous people, like old Kate Moss's reworn dress. I'll always go back to that J Lo green Versace dress. Oh, oh my god! Did you see her? She looked the same. It's like thirty <laughs> years later. Like, please let that be me. Yeah, but I, say, I suppose though, the, the whole point is, if you buy something good enough now, you hopefully your children will be wearing it in the future. Yeah. yeah well, that's it. You know, and. I do think it's funny because I, I, I wear a load of stuff like from relatives and things from years ago. But again, it's it's because, you know, they bought them in great condition and, and that's allowed me to do that. If you think about people now, when they have their children or grandkids, hopefully they have pieces they can wear. Oh, I tell you, I still have that. I have that baby blue dress and little kind of cardi that my mm. granny wore to my parents' wedding and I whip it out every summer and it's just it's gorgeous. It's still perfect. Yeah. And I actually, I you know what? I wear it with such pride and I put it on now I'm like oh this is my granny's mm -hmm. and I think that's the I suppose another side of it is kind of almost capturing an emotion with your clothes Oh absolutely it's like Marie, Was it Marie Kondo? Yeah <laughs> It's like another layer you know and then you're like oh am I going to woo woo but like it is it yeah. is a thing so like you know yeah, there's energy and everything. Yeah, no, I do yeah. think, I think it's a lovely idea. Uh, one thing I want to touch on too is, um, which seems to be becoming really popular now and I'm seeing it more trend on, trending on TikTok and on Instagram is this whole idea of a capsule wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Explain a capsule wardrobe because um, sometimes I'm kind of like, what exactly is it like? Is like So if you can explain it. And um, so basically, a capsule wardrobe is the idea that, I suppose, you know, the name kind of says it, is that you would have a small wardrobe of staple pieces Now that doesn't mean you can't go outside your staples like you can but just the fact that you would have these pieces that you know while you buy when you buy them you have it in mind that you're going to have them for years and that you're going to interchange them mix them up maybe have the odd pattern piece that you throw in the mix and it just means that you know again you're buying less you're buying well-made stuff to last um and it just means you're you're consuming, you're living and you're dressing in a more sustainable way. And like the whole Marie Kondo effect, like as well, is, you know, when you have the less pieces, actually, you know, if you know how to style them, you'll look different every day. The thing yeah. is, people think, oh, I need a different thing or I need this. Oh, sure, someone's seen me in this. Like, it's, it's not true. Do you know, you can. 
Yeah, I think sometimes I find I have to Google, I might Google image and like a white shirt or mm. style a white mm. shirt. And it's funny, you do find so many different ways or if you look on TikTok. Oh, so many different ways. And it's just taking the effort, you know, because I think it's like with everything, you just need to put the research in and be like, oh, actually, I can do this or that. Like I was with my sister at the weekend. We were in Galway and I have a pair of boots that I wear to death. You know, the ones I wear them all the time because I'm just that type of person. I wear something over and over again. But I got like knee high black socks with them and she's like, oh, you're wearing long boots. And I was like, no, no, I just added them. So it kind of looked like I was wearing oh, different yeah. shoes, but I didn't, you know, with the ones I always wear. And it's like just being smarter about how you put things together. It's actually a good idea. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, finally, before we let you go, um, what top tips would you have maybe for people who are thinking, you know what, I want to maybe, you know, spend the next year now being more sustainable and maybe, you know, being more environmentally conscious about the fashion choices I make. So what would be your top tips for people? Because, you know, as you mentioned, people want new clothes or they want different clothes or they want to have a different outfit on every day, you know. So mm-hmm. what, what would be your top tips? I think if you were going into the year and you def- you want to be more sustainable and you knew there were certain things that you needed, you know, I would, in- I would put money aside and invest in those pieces. But throughout the year, if you set yourself a challenge of if I need something new, I'm going to the charity shop. Or I'm going to ask my friends, or I'm going to ask my family, do they have something? And then as well, you might not want to, some people just don't want to go near a sewing machine and that's fine. So it's not for everyone. I get that. But like, you know, you can, if you don't want to do that, you can go to your local seamstress. Like maybe you have a few things in your wardrobe that you can definitely see in a different way or you want to take the sleeves off. So there's so many things, but like, you know, it's definitely doable because I've done it. You've done it. I have a wedding this Friday back home and I was like, I've upcycled my dress for it. So basically I got the dress um, in a charity shop and it was a tenner. And then I looked it up and it actually retails at 444 euro. Oh so I was like, yes. Okay. And then I was like, okay, it's too short. If I go in, Jesus, that would be the talk of the town. <laughs> so I was like, I got, I got fabric and then I just added it to the bottom and I turned it into an evening gown. And then I was like, okay, I needed to get shoes because I just didn't have any shoes. But my sister had a lovely bag and I was like, bring that home because I'm not buying one, <laughs> you know, or I'm not, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's just, you know, going out of your way because like now the immediate thought that comes into my head is like, I'm not going to the shop or I'm not buying something. So can someone lend me something? Or, you know, mm. I've rented stuff before and, you know, if you want to, you can. It's the advice I give. <laughs> and then I suppose the good thing about that is after the wedding, after the dress has been up on social media, you can just change it again and make it maybe a midi dress or a short yeah, dress again. Yeah, yeah, you can. That's the thing. That's the beauty. And even what I did this, it didn't take me long, you know, and I completely changed into a different dress. So Yeah, well, I think on that note, I need to sign up for a course because I can't, as I said, can't Maybe I'll go to Limerick. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> teach, yeah teach me how to do it. So putting on. Um, Sharon Sweeney, as always, a pleasure to chat to you about all things fast yes. fashion and the environment and everything involved. But uh, do let us know of your Instagram page where we can follow you and keep up to date with your courses, with your designs and with everything else. Yeah, so it's Sharon Sweeney Design. Um, my website is SharonSweeney.ie and you can get in contact um, about courses. I'll be setting up some for the new year and I'm hoping to hopefully travel with it. Lovely. So, well, we'll keep an eye out and hopefully, yeah. as I said, we, we might get you down to Limerick. Yes, thank you so much. So going forward, think about quality over quantity vintage and charity shops and learn more about the materials your clothes are made from. More information on Team Limerick Cleanup can be found at teamlimerickcleanup.ie I'm Megan Scully and this is Cut the Rubbish.